0: It's the Foot Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and I I know
3: a story of high strangeness or two. <laughs> Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club—the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me, always and only with me this week, is
1: your other Bryce host. Johnson.
3: Sorry, I forgot. To say your other host, Bryce Johnson, jumped on me.
1: John- a dramatic pause. Bryce Johnson's in the
3: house. Bryce Johnson's here. Uh, Riley Bray is absent from this recording. He's always here in spirit, uh, so you won't have the full BCC boys back until next week. Uh, let's get into this, man. We have a great show for you guys this week. Yeah,
1: Bryce Kinda pulled us off the bench for this one, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I really did, Bryce. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Year six is beginning right now. So this is, I guess, season six of Bigfoot Collector's Club. Uh, If you think about it, if the years are seasons, this is season six now. Year five is done. We're turned five. Now we're beginning year six. Can you believe it? We're crossing the threshold of a half a decade of doing this podcast. (laughs) I'm, I'm speechless. It went by fucking fast, I do have to say. It's It's
1: wild. It's It's wild. I'm so grateful for this this podcast and you and all of our listeners and I've Riley. I've just had it's just been such a special part of my life.
3: Well, we're celebrating with a brand new look for the show. You might be noticing it right now in your podcast app. Uh, the amazing Ryan <sighs> Smallman has designed a brand new look for BCC uh, to shake things up and to celebrate uh, five years of doing the show and kicking off uh, the next five. Uh, so pull that up, look at that. It's gorgeous. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Mr. Smallman for for this art. We're so excited about it. Stay tuned. We'll probably have some merch available. We're taping this a little oh, yeah. ahead of time, so we're not sure what's available yet. So we'll probably have more information for you next week. Let's just put it that way. Who knows? We're in the time machine here, everybody. But we're so excited. Right. Uh, we're feeling refreshed. We're feeling jazzy. And you know what, Bryce? I think this is going to be a magical year. Really? What makes you say that? Well, we're starting off with a uh, a magic practitioner, uh, one that has written an amazing book that we both got into, uh, might cause us to actually start, maybe, maybe actually start practicing magic with a K. Are we going to be magic nerds?
1: Yes. Yeah. We. Well, you've said it so often before, we're only doing this so that we can
3: be cool wizards when we're older and i'm getting older i think that i'm trying yes, we're behind I'm the eight ball. we gotta now. go we yeah, gotta okay, go Okay. well
1: tap 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 let's go let's
3: read this thing i think the wizard the wizardry begins now <laughs> um all right let's let's just get right to it this is a conversation we had with author alex kazemi pretty rad conversation as well so enjoy club scouts this week's guest is a pop artist, creative director, and author of the book, Pop Magic, A Simple Guide to Bending Your Reality. Club scouts of all timelines, please welcome to the show, Alex Kazemi. Hey guys, what's up? So, what's up, Alex?
4: Yo, how's it going?
3: We are so excited. Now, you prefer the term witch, Yes. Or is uh, it magician? Or is it a cultist? What, what, do, you, what do we call you?
4: I kind of like all of them, man. Like, a I even depth, like Capitalist. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm into all of it. They're, they're yeah. all great. They all work together. Sorcerer is cool, too.
1: Yeah.
3: I yeah, like Sorcerer. You be Sorcerer Kazemi. That works. <laughs> I like that.
2: Yeah, that's a vibe.
3: <laughs> Full on vibe. Love it. Love it. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show. Um, you're a guest that I've wanted to reach out to for some time. I picked up your book actually during the pandemic uh and it's been sitting on my shelf for a while and then this fall i finally cracked it back open and i was like we got to get this guy on the show
4: um, oh man that's so
3: awesome B- bryce you've been reading it this week and super into <laughs> it right
1: yeah it's one of those books where i can just see in the first 10 pages there's so many things underlined <laughs> I'm like
3: oh boy
1: oh boy so where do we start awesome. here yeah no it's a great book and what i guess what i love about it and i'm sure we'll get into it is is just uh you're providing i think access to this uh stuff without it having be being some ancient tome that you have to blow the absolutely dust off. buddy absolutely this is, that, uh, this, yeah this is fun for everybody man
4: yeah that was kind of the you know inspo for writing the book as like a, a young guy like reading all these occult books and being like why is all of this knowledge so capped and like protected in all these fancy terms and made to be overcomplicated. Like, why don't we get to the nectar of this and mm. make this easier? So it's kind of like a response to the other occult books that I read. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it my way and see how people think about it, you know, and see if anyone resonates with it. So I'm really grateful for the the feedback. It was also supposed to be like a, like a 1-800-pop magic kind of vibe, you know, kind of to <laughs> upset the occult community because yes, they're such gatekeepers yes. of everything. I was right. like, let's just like... Put all the things that piss them off right in their faces.
3: <laughs> yeah, I you feel know. like the book has a sense of humor, which is really you know I, we can appreciate doing this show because a lot of the paranormal stuff, a lot of the Bigfoot stuff and UFO stuff sometimes feels like it's it's so serious. And there are some serious things about these issues or topics, I should say, not yeah. issues. But uh, you know, it's good to make it fun, right? Yeah, and you gotta you gotta you gotta
4: laugh at the. You know, the people who, because I appreciate the people who take it seriously. I'm like, fuck yeah, like I'll listen to some dude talk about like the seriousness of aliens and UFOs for like hours. Of, you know, like I, I love people who are so tapped in like that. But I also love the idea of the hum- humility of like laughing at everything as well and laughing along with it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think as soon as people start to uh, crystallize all this stuff as, as sacred and only meant for the few, then it gets lost <laughs> to to the many, you know, and, and that's so yes. un- unfortunate, you know?
4: It is really, it is really unfortunate. And it's kind of, you know, I, I remember when I wrote, wrote my book, and I was like, you know, I, I want to write this for like young guys. And my publisher was like, you know, young men are not going to read this book about like witch- witchcraft and magic. And that ended up being like most of... The demographic because I, I feel like um the kind of stories i wanted to talk about in the book were kind of like particular to the universal human experience but also i think it is like also a weird time to be a young guy in this world as well so also um,
3: young guys love to jack off and use it as a magical <laughs> yes. oh my god there's so
1: much
4: jizz being wasted <laughs> so much wasted jizz out there so much yeah yeah so much sacred uh, supernal jizz is being wasted out into the ether given to the to the porn hub uh, gods eating no. it all up <laughs> yep, i
3: yep. i always think about a quote from grant morrison where he talks about like getting into magic yeah. and he's like look you do all this stuff and And i think you echo some of the stuff that i've heard from him in terms of like oh, make yeah. it yours make it yours like you can use yes. whatever's around you but you know the thing that always I always think about when it comes to this stuff and you kind of bring this up. I appreciate in the book, Alex, and if we can just get right into it where you're yeah. talking about sigil magic and being like, yeah. am I just a weirdo making sigils <laughs> and like producing this by like <laughs> masturbating by myself in the basement is am I creep? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. yeah you know, oh, and yeah. it, it makes me think of like because Grant Morrison talks about this as well, but the idea of like you know you get into this, you get into this stuff, you still have to get up in the n- the next day and pay your bills. You still have to stay grounded <laughs> in the real world. Yeah, I mean but that's what that seems what's like. So having a sense of humor is a good way to keep yourself grounded.
4: Oh, for sure. And I I love Morrison. I love Richard Metzger. I love Douglas Rushkoff. I love you know all the Gen X antiheroes you know who paved the way. Of course, you know definitely. Um, very grateful for for everything that you know they created to allow me to have a book like this, and um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, oscillating. The bridge between the lower worlds and the upper worlds when you start to access this stuff you know i can kind of understand why like kabbalah and even more advanced forms of magic were like gate kept for like people who are like 40 because it's like you think of young people using this stuff and evoking demons and creating all this chaos in their lives just off of their like uh, lustful impulses it can, be, mm. it can be yeah it can be pretty insane the magical kind of like
3: You know, getting too deep into recreational drug use. It's like if you're using some of this stuff for a ritual, you have to treat it with respect.
4: Absolutely. And I think a part of being a young uh, magical practitioner is to go through the phases where you kind of master the material world, you go, Oh my God, you know, I can make all this crazy shit happen and, and, and everything's going great. And then you go to the next level, which is where you're kind of like, okay, this is actually about self evolution, soul evolution. What can I change about myself and how can that be mirrored in the world and how can I be a channel and how can I be a better person versus what can I receive? And I talk about a lot in the book that I'm, I'm, I have a lot of emphasis on getting stuff because that's pretty much, you know, the first lesson about magic.
3: Yeah. What can I, what can I, what armaments can I, what treasures can I, can I bring yeah. home?
4: Yeah. What illusions can you open up? What treasure box of illusions? Because magic should really, you know, make you confront aspects of yourself that you're not mm. willing to face.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, and I think another thing too is if people want results too. So, so, you know, if they feel like they're they're getting getting results, then they'll then then they'll continue to to do it, you know, and um, yeah, uh, I don't know where the hell I was going with that. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll I'm let, totally lost in thought. That's actually we'll no, no, you're
4: right. You're right. You're very right. <laughs> yeah. About that. That's the that's the whole thing, right? That's why we all keep going back to it, is because it fucking works. <laughs> I know what
1: I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. I think I think for the the early magic practitioner, like they're going to start with the, the the facade stuff, the little treasures. Like I'm going to see if I can. I don't know, maybe, maybe get a shiny new toy, like a new iPhone. It starts with stuff like that. Or, you know, because people at the end of the day, I think, I think a lot of people fool themselves. They're like, when they're starting out, I just want to be a a better person. It's like, sometimes it's like bullshit. I want some stuff first and then I'll work on myself, you know, I think a lot of your story and, and what I responded to it is it, is it came from a place of, of, uh, of destruction first. And so like the Phoenix rises, I think a lot of these ideas came from a, a whole lot of self-reflection and self-adjustment from your part.
4: Yeah. And I think a lot of um, what makes the occult appealing and why it has historically been appealing to people is because it it's a way to escape um, the prison of disenfranchisement and disaffection and, you know, kind of treating life like a nihilistic thing that there's there's no meaning and the idea of regaining your power regaining control having autonomy over yourself is a very seductive idea that magic promotes and I think that that was definitely what drove me into it and why I um, chose to do some earlier spells to meet certain people that would influence my life who had already influenced me because I wanted to see you know how far can I take this thing if I play with it
3: Well, and that's a real surefire way to get a result, right? If you're like, I want to meet Taylor Swift and make that spell, you're going to (laughs) know if that spell worked or not, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it's another another thing that like, it's a tangible way to to figure, to, to practice, actually. And then also we're talking about people that, in the creative field are also gatekeepers themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, Whether yeah. oh you know, intentional, you know intentional know <laughs> or not. So part of yeah. the way to break down some of those barriers and is to meet the gatekeepers themselves and, and get in, you know, and Dude, then try I was to thinking like about this.
4: Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this totally. Like what if like in like, the '90s or like you know pre-internet era, like we're like CAA agents at like rituals, like doing shit. You know what I mean?
1: Like, <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my God.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Sandra Bullock
1: you... needs a two million dollar raise. <laughs> We've got to do this. Say, oh <laughs> yeah, Or is it just like?
3: Sure. Or is it some like junior agent just jerking off on a sigil in the CAA <laughs> men's room? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Greg, oh, going, on, put I'm, it
1: away, Greg. Not now. I hope this works. <laughs> I hope this yeah. works. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Um, oh, all right. Man. Well, let's do yeah. this, Alex. I, I mean, we got some cool, big questions to get to. I think in this conversation, but let's start where we start with all of our guests. What is your personal paranormal history? Do you did you already subscribe to any sort of supernatural thought or belief? Have you ever encountered anything you've yeah. uh, can't explain as a as a yes. as a magician or otherwise?
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you want to start with, like, aliens, if you want to start with angels, like, where do you want to go? Wherever you want to start, buddy. (laughs) I mean, we we could start with uh, demons. Um, Definitely, when I started to do magic in my earlier days, I would get sleep paralysis a lot. And um, a lot of people don't really think sleep paralysis is a a paranormal phenomenon, but I obviously know that it is because I think that when you're in, like, a lower vibrational state, You'll match with lower vibration vibrational entities, and they'll kind of like visit you. So I've had like demons dragging me around the house, and out of body experiences, all that kind of fun stuff. And then with um,
3: whoa, <laughs> yeah, do you have any questions about that? Yeah, when you mean demons dragging <laughs> you around the house, are we talking like evil dead here? What's going on, or is it no? The- I
4: just like it's just like a lower like a lower vibrational entity, right? Like people have to remember that like demons are just of like the lowest f- vibration in the you know, hierarchy of entities in the spirit world or the paranormal entity world. Right. So there's like the higher, um, entities, which are like angels and, you know, whatever you perceive to be like a higher, higher frequency is what you'll match with that. But if you're in like a place of like self-loathing or lower destruction or, or, or lower state, that's how you can get like entities attached to you or like, like parasitic, uh, entities and that's why like people say like when you're like deep in addiction or in come downs and stuff they're they're more prone for weird paranormal experiences but yeah i guess i was in some darker states and i definitely got like latched on because when you're spiritually opening up for the first time all these like nasty little buggers are gonna come see that you know
3: yeah yeah how do you get rid of those guys Um, you could do a
4: purification ritual with like sage. You can visualize white light around your protection. Um, you cannot. you should not be in a state of fear because everyone knows that demons feed on fear. And so you don't want to be afraid because they'll just eat that and match to you more. So, I mean, that's the hardest part.
3: (laughs) How can I not be afraid of a demon? That sucks.
4: Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, yeah i mean some some people would say that magically that demons are like lower aspects of us or like a mirror in our psyche fuck that I've had way too many weird paranormal experiences to know that there is some there is a lot of dimensional weird shit re- simultaneously reoccurring all the time mm. quantum I, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that's wild yeah I, I, li- I like your i like your take on that you know socrates who kind of like uh, came up with the word daemon, he believed it was really just his inner voice and his his higher inner voice speaking to him and he always listened to that but what you're saying is you know sometimes these demons have been i don't know manifested elsewhere and they sometimes they have a life of their own outside of our own conscious will and I, I think oh, that's yeah, true I, sure. think, I think there's a little bit of both going on there you know
2: um, oh yeah, yeah. For I sure. want to
1: talk about this this idea of divine will or just will in general because I think you hit upon it really quite nicely in, in your book. Y- you say practicing magic is all about your natural ability to access your will to bring order to chaos. Yeah, and I just yeah. I just love this idea because really, to me, that says we're here to do something. And there's so many things trying to keep us from doing that right? oh yeah and, if, oh, and yeah. if we and if we can find a way to access this will of ours through through magic or through through divination whatever works for us wherever we can yeah. capture that that magic or that that mystery which you say you say mystery is is what propels magic and I love that but uh you know yeah. it, it's that that's gonna that's gonna help us get to what we want and I think that's kind of what your book is saying, you also say wasting magical energy away in wrong places is is what we do so often. And I, I, can you talk a little bit about how we waste all of our magical energy?
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, to go back to what you were first saying about, you know, magic being about the divine will, I mean, you're exactly right. There are so many distractions and like counterfeit, like wax fruit, versions of our desires that we have to like rake through to find out what do we truly want. Mm. And usually why I say in the book that magic always works, because what I mean is, is even if maybe something didn't physically manifest, it did challenge me to change and to evolve and to get the thing that maybe my soul really craves. So when I'm telling the reader true will, I mean, what is it really deep down of your deepest desire that you could immerse your you know whole lower world, like earthly reality in to achieving and to get, you know? And I think that the distractions, man, Oh my God, we got a deep program from the simulation. I mean, it's the 2020 is like, I can't even it's, there's so much distraction I mean, everywhere. Technology, yeah. um, the news, uh, you know, the billions of micro realities that you can build through throwing up your subconscious mind on a search engine, you know, like, it's just like, there's just so much like this, Technology that we have is so like Akashic, so astral, like it's like mirroring to us. Like we can create something instantly. You want to see an image, you can download it. You know, it's like our minds are so, you know, w- the internet is the number one, you know, indicator that we are creating our own reality and curating our own reality as we've seen, you know, lots of people go crazy and our own individual algorithms. realities.
3: Yes. We're, in the, we're in the Bigfoot Collectors Club reality. And if people <laughs> just want to live in this reality, they can. Sometimes I do.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's also so fascinating. You know, I always talk about this um, with, you know, you know, Bryce and Alice, the author of American Psycho. We always talk about how pop culture doesn't really exist anymore. You know, like for mm-hmm. Gen Xers, like pop culture really did exist and maybe what millennials saw a little bit about. But um, there's no arena Anymore, there's no one arena where all information is. You're learning, you know. You know that that Scream movie came out, and most people didn't even know it came out. You know, which is like so bizarre. You know, so like we're always simulating our own realities, and so it's like, what is, what are the value? The we're being so challenged in the 2020s to be like, what is the value of certain things that we used to really value, like fame and attention and, you know, things mm. like this. What what does it all mean if we can all get it on TikTok and on YouTube? Like, what is, what is it? What is talent? This is a
3: question that I have asked myself as an actor in <laughs> yes. 2022, a million times, yeah. like not kidding. Yeah. Like I've had to reassess, like I've been going back lately and watching a lot of stuff that I found comforting as a teenager. Like I've been rewatching Seinfeld, you know, that was a big inspiration yeah. for me growing up. And I'm like, it's so strange now to think about the way, the only way you could get on TV or get seen by the masses was like to get on TV or get into film. And there was like a strict way to get there, like through the CAA routes that you were talking about earlier. Right. And, and now anyone can get on. So what is the change is the meaning of it's constantly changing the meaning of what is a creative artist? What does it mean to be an actor now? What does it mean? Some of these old systems of auditioning and making film and TV I read a really good theory lately that one of the reasons that the multiverse is such a big popular theme in movies and TV shows right now is because of this stuff that you're talking about, that everyone is creating their own version of reality online now that we are really sharing. We used to have a universe, and now we are all different multiverses clashing with one another.
4: Wow, that's amazing. That's that's such a great way to say that we used to have a universe because it's true. There is... You know, and there's no point anymore of like grieving it. You know, we're not going back. We're only moving forward. We only need the divine tools that we have through this, you know, occult uh, technology to kind of handle it. But exactly what you said. And and um, like you said, like if anyone, if everyone's bio says actor, what is the value of being an actor? You know what I mean? Like what are, what is, everyone is perceiving, everyone's perceptions are being hijacked. And then also we're creating our own weird imaginative perceptions as well. And we're asking people to subscribe to them. It's very bizarre time.
3: Yeah. So, so you mentioned angels and aliens when we started talking about your personal paranormal history, this seems to me, it's kind of bringing it all back together. Like one of the ways we can circumvent this, these, this multiverse that we're creating for ourselves is to try to tap into some sort of higher Maybe some people would call it spiritual realm. Is yeah. that where you're making contact with angels or maybe yeah, even aliens? I
4: mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I think because um, I got to that state when I realized, as you know, a lot of addicts and anyone who does in, in the point of like, uh, why why are you, what is this desire to, to obliterate? You know, it really is a desi- desire to transcend. It's a desire to access spirituality. It's a desire to leave the material world in a certain way, so that was sort of my portal into into angels and and I'm I think like I mean would you want to talk about the aliens first?
3: <laughs> you t- you've said do you want to talk about the aliens first twice now, so I think you should talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, the aliens. okay,
4: I will talk about it because it's sort of haunting <laughs> and chilling, and I feel fucking right. crazy when I talk about it because it's so weird. So there was like one night where I was like, you know, just in my room, and I like. I swear to God, I saw, like, a UFO, like, out my window. I was like, okay, this is weird, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna go to bed. And then I had, like, a very strange, like, experience in, like, a remote viewing, like, sub-sleep way. It was not, like, a dream. It was not, like, sleep paralysis either. It was, like, a weird, remote viewing fucking strange thing. And Mm. I I remember this, like, being, like, I I was, like, in, like, a a machine, like, like, a CT scan, like, type machine. And, like, this being was like looking over me and it was like so cold. It was like treating me like so horribly. Like, like it felt like this person, this, this being does not care about me. This alien does not care about me. And it like, I felt like I was being chipped almost like my leg. And then I woke up with this like heaviness in my leg. And I went on Google, of course, like all crazies do. And it looked up and apparently a lot of people have had these like weird repeat, like um, similar abduction remote viewing experiences with with aliens and Mm. i didn't know if it was because of how i was doing magic i'm like okay if i'm in the material world and i can't watch them are they watching me you know what i mean like are they like if i mean i do believe that of course i do believe that spirits and angels are watching over us but when we say that we don't really think of oh shit like you know like If I'm going off divine will and I'm consciously doing something out of chaos that I know is not good for my higher self, like, am I going to be punished? Most likely you're going to get fucked with. And I've gotten fucked with a lot of times when I've gone off alignment to feed my ego, feed my lower self. And then I, and then I get pushed back into alignment and I'm like, "Mm, is all this chaos really necessary? If I'm practicing all this knowledge and I'm being given this, you know, wisdom that we can all can access. And I'm like, okay, obviously I kind of look at it like this. It's kind of like a multiplex theater and you're choosing every day. Like, am I going to walk into the higher movie or the lower movie and your mm. decisions throughout the day are going to create your higher movie. And I've done many experiments and I will <laughs> tell you, if you can do the higher movies, do the higher movies. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Fucking fascinating,
1: man. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that I mean, who knows. There's so much happening right there. Like I have so many thoughts running through my head. Uh, you know, just just as UFOs and the abduction phenomena and then and then coupled with remote viewing. I I think perhaps, you know, I think so much of this stuff comes from us and I I think yeah. you know the fact Alex that you you have opened yourself up to so many different magical energies you're probably just an antenna for this type of stuff uh yeah and anyone can be
4: anyone can be that's what we have to remember like i say that in the book i was like don't think that you know don't don't make false idols out of all your heroes and think that they have a special power that you don't you can do it too well and you and you have and you say
1: this too and i want to just point on a couple things i love this in the first And the first thing, I think it's in the forward, uh, Rose McGowan says, magic is neutral, neither good nor evil. Take this book for what it is. It's a look behind and beyond the mirror. Come on the journey. And I love that. And I I think what you're saying is, and what you just said is that everybody has this power. And Joseph Campbell used to say, the church has failed us religion yeah. has failed us oh, they they've taken away so they've yeah. taken away the magic they've taken away the mystery and they've left it in arcana and it doesn't exist today and i always would say bullshit it's here yeah. it's yeah. all it's uh the kingdom of okay. heaven is spread upon the earth you just don't see it it's everywhere yeah. and i and i love that uh you know Robert Anton Wilson used to have this term, culture jammer, and I'd like to call you an occult culture jammer (laughs) uh, because you know what you're doing is you're saying, hey, maybe this stuff is for everybody. Maybe we're at a point in our history at at a time where everybody
4: needs access to this because we're heading over the cliff. (laughs) We're headed over the cliff. Exactly. And you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned the timing, right? Because here I am like, in 2020 like before the pandemic like the book comes out like literally a week before lockdown like everyone's like (laughs) it's the biggest week of your life your biggest day of your career like everything's so great and I'm like holy fuck like I just wrote a book about life interruptions and like you know not being a pussy when crazy shit happens and like you know showing up and being a magician and like being a capitalist and I'm like I have to now take all of my own advice to handle the life interruptions that were the pandemic and all these emotions and feelings. And, you know, I'm a very rigid, structured guy, all of that being ripped away, all of this stuff. And I was like, what, what strange divine timing for me to put out the book right in 2020. I just thought that was weird. Mm.
3: Yeah. For someone who also talks about how like, there's no coincidences, it's all magic. Did you ever feel like, you know, not to put too much weight on your own shoulders, but did you ever feel like, did I manifest this <laughs> by putting this oh, oh book out? Oh, I did. Of course
4: I did that. I've been, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, that's exactly it. Like, I think that's, I mean, the Kabbalists, like Kabbalah would say that literally everything that is mirrored in our universe is for us and of our creation. So like that, that is, a, that's a big concept, but it, you know, if you subscribe to it, it can be very fascinating.
3: I mean I th- I th- I think that's a notion that everyone can relate to whether they've written a-, a magical tome or not. I mean, I kept saying in the two months leading up to the pandemic and when everything shut down, I was just at every opportunity when people are like, "How are you? How's work? How's it going?" I kept saying, "I wish, I I wish I could just slow down and stop for a little while and get (laughs) caught." You know what I mean? I kept saying it, and then it happened, and I was like, "Oh no!" (laughs) I (laughs) blame you for everything. (laughs) This is not what I had in in mind. You know, but you know what I mean. But it is. I think it's look. Anytime I think a pandemic comes along, it's going to be weird timing for just about everybody. But if we're if we're all experiencing, uh, to quote Robert Anton Wilson again, or reality through our own reality tunnels there yeah. are moments where you're like i really have to not that i don't want anyone listening to think that like i think i cost <laughs> quarantine yes in the you did. Yes, i don't you did. i don't yeah. that's yeah, how it happened it. it's all your but, fault. I'm, but i'm saying if you're experiencing Cancel. your story from your own point of view and reality from your own point of view you do start to go yeah maybe i should like wish for be careful what I wish for. There's a reason there's that expression. You know what I mean?
4: You hit a really good idea and concept about like the idea of when we collectively power up everything with a belief at, at a similar time, like, you know, with like Mercury retrograde, right? Like everyone puts so much collective fear towards it that i feel like it actually makes retrograde worse like in the collective mm-hmm. and we experience it in a more intense way and you know oh, there's all the fear about the eclipse and that TikTok tock which said this and i saw this and you know everyone is almost like when we all like plug up a collective belief and like hold each other's hands around a belief like and our energy is collective like we are modifying the way that we're experiencing it whether it's good or bad you know and i feel like that happens all the time
3: I feel this way about post-apocalyptic movies which are very entertaining but they're very popular and I worry sometimes that we're making so many movies about a dystopian future we're going to create that future because that's the future that we keep envisioning right I was watching Whoa. the imagineering I was watching the imagineering story with my girlfriend and the thing one of the things I love about Disneyland old school Disneyland is this idea of Tomorrowland being a, a utopia. And you look back 50 years, and a lot of of course there was dystopian fiction, obviously coming off yeah. the w- heels of World War II. But I feel like there was a lot of when you look at like the retro futurism stuff in Tomorrowland and the Jetsons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek, there was this idea of like, oh no, the future is going to be kick-ass. All these problems that are all these challenges that are facing it, we're gonna overcome, come together and figure out a way around it. And lately, I've had the anxiety of, like, we need to start making some more movies about the future working out, because if we don't, (laughs) we're all just going to manifest a zombie apocalypse. This is so
4: fascinating. So are you saying these movies are, like, hyper sigils, in a way? Like, they're,
3: like... maybe if you want to look at them from that lens, mm. sure. The other thing is sometimes I think we get into a negative feedback loop and that might be the sigil hypersigil working, right? Yeah. Where yeah, you're like, sure. if we're going into these l- pulling up screens and watching these shows and these movies, we're like the world doesn't work out. <laughs> we're just, we're teaching our brain. We're the world's fucked. not going to work out. We're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. And so yeah, you're yeah. walking around, you hear it from everybody. You hear it in conversation. Yeah, well, we're all fucked anyway. So you know what I yeah. mean? Like, where's the Star Trek future, guys? We got to get on this. We got to get towards. I mean, I've been I've been a pessimist on the show about the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to yeah. get on the Star Trek track fast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah,
4: it, it would be very fascinating to think of, like, if we all collectively changed our beliefs about, you know, things like the future and if we un- deprogrammed movies that taught us that the future was going to be a certain way and we rewrote that program in the collective and to see what would happen you know i'm sure yeah. we would our lives would get better <laughs> I
1: I, I think. I I think they might. I think it's. I think it's a a signal of what's to come. I think it's a timer, just like the butterfly in the chrysalis. It knows it's transforming into a metamorphosis. It knows something's going to occur. It doesn't know exactly what it is, but it's an alchemical transformation from. A uh, caterpillar to something that flies, and just like the human being, perhaps our destiny is amongst the stars. And so yeah. much of this, 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 this intense anticipation of devastation is the timer that pushes us to create these machines that fly into outer space to get us breathing and living, uh, maybe outside of our bodies, so that we can uh, fulfill our destiny and transformation and complete our metamorphosis into space. Faring you're people.
4: so you're so right. It's all about revoking that clawing sensation of your own mortality, like that claustrophobia, and wanting to escape that, and that, and that's exactly what you just said.
3: I I like that, Bryce. I get totally what you're saying. It's just that that moment when we were hitting the <laughs> pandemic a couple of years ago, yeah. I was like, this is the prologue to dawn of the planet of the apes this yeah, is how hey, look, i'm not, say- all
1: I'm not, not saying all of these movies aren't start. coming
3: <laughs> i'm just saying like this is how it goes down like you see there's always a prologue where you see a disease spreading people panicking <laughs> protesting in the streets wars breaking out you know uh, we democ- <laughs> democratic institutions crumbling or it's like oh no all right we
2: oh my God. speaking
3: of capitalism we do have to take an ad break and when we come back we're going to get more into pop magic with alex kazemi <laughs> stay right there all right Alex uh let's get into this book let's 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 get into pop magic. Let's set aside dystopia for yeah. just a moment. One of my favorite moments in in the book is when you reveal that you get your energy raised before conducting a ritual by dancing to Hands to Myself by <laughs> Selena Gomez. Oh that's funny. I, have I, it, that's right, great. I have
1: it underlined right here. <laughs>
3: I, don't, I don't do it anymore because well, I gave it away to you guys. <laughs> fair enough. But how did how did this get brought in or something like that get brought into your practice? Um, because
4: magic, you know, bef- ritual is really all about raising energy, right? So before you do your first candle magic ritual or sigil or whatever, you know, you want to you want to really vibrate. You want to go to a higher state. And dancing is a really great way to do that, you know? It's like the, the opening of Blade, you know, at that rave, you know? Like, you, you want to mm-hmm. be in that state of, like, dancing and, like, like, like transcending the self. And then you want to just... You know, you want to get to a zero mind state. And when I mean that, I mean that you're leaving this limited version of how you perceive your reality. So when you go into that ritual, you truly visualize and you truly believe that you're going to have it and that you already have it. And mag- dancing, you know, to pop music, which is kind of my way of saying, you know, Please don't do, like, fucking crazy drugs and stuff. To get yourself in an altered state of consciousness, there's other ways to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, Absolutely. I, I, I love this introduction into pop culture, into our magical practices, because, you know, listen so i have a little thing by my bed it's called a magic box and it's just filled with all (laughs) kinds of shit and michael and i are we're we're collectors right and it's like like we imbue all different kinds of stuff with with magical properties and i love how you give people permission to just imbue whatever the fuck they want with magic and and to use taylor swift or or hank williams or or whatever it takes you to get into this altered state of conscious, which has worked for, by the way, centuries, drumming and get working people in into oh, these yeah. states. Um, but I love how you talk about once this energy is created, um, tell us about like what what we can do with this, like this energy that we that we we manage to create uh through through the nature around us and feeling this these high states of emotion. What do we do with oh, this yeah. energy?
4: Yeah, like that that is kind of like your <laughs> You see, when you reach those higher states, most people think, oh, okay, I'm just experiencing something really good or I'm feeling something good. But when you, if whether it comes to you naturally, you're just having a good fucking day or you deliberately create higher vibrational emotion or state, you want to use that as your battery, your Duracell for your magic. You want to put that into the visualization or put that into um, a higher activity, like, you know, creating art or, you know, being, sharing charity, being grateful. I mean, gratitude is the highest. It's very fucking new age and very corny, but truly if you really emit the vibration of gratitude and abundance Mm. to the universe, you do receive more because that lack vortex, that scarcity, that ego, that narcissism, the fucking, all of that, that is only going to give you finite short circuit pleasures. If you want the fulfilling things, you need I mean a secret to really successful magic for listeners and for everyone is have your intention be about service make the mm. what, what you're doing about sharing sure. something make it about impact not about what you're receiving and that works for everything
1: too. I love that because even if you're like an artist or whatever, whatever is your vocation or even a vocation, if it becomes yeah. about service, you're 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 tapping into something really genuine. And money will come and and all that yeah, other yeah. sort of all that add on oh, yeah. shit will come if you're actually tapped in uh to 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 service. Uh to because that's what we're here to do. We're here to share with people on this planet. I love I love that.
4: Yeah, for sure. And um, you know people have to learn, learn the hard way sometimes through magic that like, I mean, look, a, the ego and you know what you were talking about, like the inner Damon inside of like the lower voice in, in, your head and, and, and feeding all of that is really about like survivalism and like, you know, s- scarcity and fear of, you know, am I going to have enough or is everyone going to take everything about me? It's rooted in trauma, pain, all that type of stuff. And you don't want that shit to get entangled with your magic. So it's best to always, like, right now is the dark of the moon, right? So this is a really great time to do shadow work and and to build, reveal all of that inner limited beliefs, write down your negative thoughts, allow yourself to feel these darker emotions and these feelings. And by the time the new moon comes, you can alchemize all of it and and wow. come anew, become someone new.
3: How is it, what type of ritual would you conduct to, to follow that through? Like shadow work? Yeah.
4: Um, I would, you know, probably do something very simple, like because you, you want to, you know, evoke the, the really, you know, negative thoughts and, and those emotions, you know, maybe just write fucking really simple stuff like piece of paper, write down your limited beliefs, maybe burn it after or keep it, keep the limited beliefs. And then on the day of the moon, new moon, if you're doing this during the dark, of the moon, when the new moon hits, like write the more positive thought and, and, and. Connect to that vibration of it because a lot of, we all get in our own way and even in magic, you know what I mean. It's it's just how it is, and we have to beat through that little voice.
3: I got an image when you were saying that of the of of you know, the image. It, it to evoke movies again of, of the good guy reaching down and pulling the bad guy up off the cliff, you know, not letting that bad guy die, you know, Luke Skywalker deciding not to strike down his dad, you know, Darth Vader, but bring him, try to get him off the death star before it it explodes. There's, there is this recurring theme, I think in shadow work of taking care of the negative side of yourself, you know, the good prevailing over it, but nurturing it and saying, stop being afraid. You're not alone. There's something here. You know, that's a conversation within yourself. But I, you know, I don't know why I just had this image of like this, this hand dipping down into the water and pulling the drowning man out. It's this idea of like,
2: you, know, uh, Joseph you can save to- your.
3: You can save yourself. You can if you can if you can think about what you're. If you think in those terms, there are ways yeah. that you can pull yourself up during the dark. That's times. beautiful.
4: That's beautiful because it's what you're really doing is you're pulling up the the lower version. Like you're you're being kind to those lower aspects of you. Well, you're, you're, not you're, being you're pulling more up with you- it.
1: You're pulling up yourself. Joseph Campbell used to talk about this idea of what this phenomenon was of people putting themselves into harm's way to protect someone they... They barely knew. And it broke the first law, which is self-survival. And he said, that's not the first law. The the first law is the recognition that we are all one. And that's where that instinct comes from when you see a drowning dog or somebody in a burning building and you put yourself, you completely transcend your own body and put yourself in harm's way to save another, basically saving yourself. We're all just one. Once we realize that, then, then that's where that instinct to reach out that hand and pull up our enemy comes from
4: exactly and it's fucking hard every morning to to remind yourself of that people forget that you know the oneness the unification you know we can feel that way you know in one moment in the day and then completely lose ourselves in a very reactive moment so a big part of of magic and spirituality and and, and if you're on a a path of self-development and soul growth is is that be kind to yourself you know there are no real mistakes. You're, you're only, if you continue to show up with the higher reaction than the lower one that you, you know, if you made a lower vibrational decision earlier in the day, you know, you can correct that by just being the better version of yourself. Again, most people will never even do that. People really like to live on autopilot and to be comfortable and to not change.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah. I think the not change thing is something I've been thinking about too, as I get older, this idea of like, Yeah, you're going to, you're going to age, you're going to, like, you're going to change no matter what, through just age, and your body changing, but you see it, you see it a lot with, there's something that happens with people when they get older, where they're like, nope, no more, I'm not doing any more adapting, (laughs) you know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking the other day, I was like, what do I do... What do I do to make sure that I'm, you know, I don't want to pretend like I'm, you know, uh, a generation that I'm not, but to keep up and to adapt and stay flexible as I get older and be willing to adapt with the times? It's a good question. Oh, for
4: sure. I'm kind of worried about, you know, Gen Z who are so plugged into the Matrix and, and the simulation. You know, they're constantly engaging with these. Uh, reflections of themselves they they're building personas off of it they think it's forever they think it's immortal they're looking at like narcissists looking at the reflection in the water and they like this is never going to change you know and then you know they're building brands and and being monetized off of their youth and their beauty and all this type of stuff and there's no real emphasis in the culture anymore about uh graceful maturing and i mean that's what was pretty cool about you know gen x cultures there was a lot of um Maturity and sophistication in a lot of ways, and not a lot of emphasis on ad- like uh, being a permanent adolescent. There was about right. there was about freedom and evolution and being in your forties and thirties, your late twenties. It was sophisticated, you know. We've kind of lost that in the culture now.
3: Yeah, we all kind of want to freeze in time. It's really strange. Yeah. Um, time and time again, uh, I've heard, and and you point this out in pop magic. I, I've read. Or, or heard that a key factor for magic to to work is to let it go and let it work, as you say. Oh yeah, yeah. Why is as, why is that yeah. so
4: important? Um, you know, it's all about the detachment and forgetting. I don't know why, but when you forget about your ritual, that's usually when it comes to you. You know, if you're obsessing and you're you're attaching to it, you're not giving it the space to just really put out the vibration that you really have it. You're, you have no inner security if you're obsessing. I mean, we, we all know that when we're making ourselves paranoid or obsessing over or attached to a goal or something, we usually send it away by self-sabotage because we're focusing on it so much. You
3: mm-hmm. know, we create
4: excess potential into the universe. If we're the just old, chill,
3: uh, a watch pot never boils situation.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta just allow it to be and allow it to come to you. And, and you know what I really appreciate, um, from from kabbalah is the idea of not being reactive when even a good thing happens to you to, to, to yeah. really just be detached I'm like okay that belongs to the universe that belongs to my angels i'm just a humble channel because you know that feeling of oh this thing is sending me up and that thing is sending me down and this thing is sending me up and this thing is sending me down and you're just constantly being pushed around by your goals and your ego and, and the universe it's so fucking exhausting it's you're like it's about fucking time universe you got it right yeah
1: my big <laughs> yeah. win day my yeah. big win day
4: yeah like uh, Gold energy yeah uh,
1: <laughs> you know one thing that, I, that that worked for me that I kind of because I loved I love the practicality I guess of your book and uh, anyway uh, one thing I've been working on is like oh I want to try this and so you know and it's this idea of taking. Energy, whatever that energy means to you, maybe it's an angry energy. Mine was sort of a horny energy, and I wanted oh, yeah? to tra- and I wanted to <laughs> translate that no, surprise, the- there, no surprise there, ladies and gentlemen. No surprise there. Non-binary friends. <laughs> translate that into the gym because I've been going to the gym lately. And you so you talk oh, about this yeah. idea of visual visualizing this energy ball and 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 maybe something capturing this energy. So I imagine this-, this horny energy, and I imagine like little funny angels with this big net, and they caught it and they turned it into this red swirling energy ball. So and then I had sick. that red swirling energy ball turn into this like gold, uh, gamboge, orange and yellow. Like, And I was like, now Punk I'm yeah. going to use that at the gym when I do, when I do chess. Now you're going to do reds. <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I went to the gym and I was able to like, go, okay, is that energy still there? And I started yeah. to think about what got me that energy and how I didn't use it. And then I put it, and I, and
4: I was like, and I felt this pump and I was like, oh my God, magic at work. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That is. And that is, you know, very, very hard alchemy for beginners. You know, a lot of people can't do that. But the fact that you did it, I mean, as an Aries too, that's, that's, you're stepping into the Mars power, you know, like a warrior energy, you know, and that's, that's perfect. You know, I I think that it's, I think what I'm so happy about that experience is that you, you really did it. You didn't read it as a theory. You really went out there and did it and you saw results. Mm, I was looking for the tool and then the tool
1: for me came in the form of like visualizing this energy ball swirl yeah. swirling it into a different colored energy and then transporting it accessing it and using it later like uh, like a reserve battery source and i'll be damned it worked I love the gym because it's a it's the it's the perfect place where you can transfer energy into physical uh matter which is just iron weights you know
3: right i just keep seeing this like alchemy to get yoked like manual (laughs) that you've written three years from now oh that'd be so sick and it's it's all (laughs) writing like magic and get just no i got it it's called it's called
1: yoked alchemy i'm putting that. that's a that's a song on the show oh yeah
4: you're gonna be on joe rogan soon that's amazing
3: Amazing. Alchemy is for bros. I'm bringing it back to <laughs> alchemy, back to the bros. It's for yeah, everybody, exactly. as Alex points out. Everybody. Yeah. You'll get canceled real quick for that. <laughs> so, hey, can you, Alex, can you unpack? Well, actually, I want to talk about something else first. It's it's We haven't talked about angels yet, and they just came up again. Bryce, you mentioned them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what, what, angels, you know, it's kind of a loaded term. In, in in Western culture especially because you know if you grew up in Pre- the Presbyterian Church like I did you p- you picture angels you're like oh there's an angel on a Christmas tree they're bringing yeah. the news to Mary it's very biblical it feels very long time ago you get the winged creature thing you yeah. know, the w- winged what what is an angel like what are we talking about here when we talk about angels I
4: think like an angel is like an immaterial essence you know that is- you know i don't i don't really know what they look like you know some people say that they're like skyscraper size and you know Ooh. how we interpret angels because like you said we it's been so modified through religiosity and all of these things that have been infected in our minds in the collective but what i know angels to be are basically entities that can gift you qualities or gift you material you know manifestations through uh, basically maybe a trial or a form of endurance to change yourself to match with it. Like they, they want you to, they're not going to give you Mount Olympus just like that. They're going to, unless it's like, you know, a miracle thing and you know, you're really, it's a real emergency, but when you're really working with angels, they're really challenging you to, to change yourself so you can become angelic and vibrate to the manifestations you, you become, you want to create your supernal qualities. So what are angels, you know, I would say there there are magical entities that are here to assist us that we can call on and access. And some people believe that they are pretty much just mirrors of our subconscious mind and, or other people believe that they're very paranormal. I personally believe they're paranormal because I've seen light beams and you know I've had a really weird fucking shit happen with them. But uh yeah,
3: that's interesting well, to me. Can you can you share any of that? We love Oh when yeah, weird yeah, for yeah, happens. for sure.
4: I, I did um an evocation of an angel, um, and I got like an oil and maybe a necklace. I think, and I was I, I um I came home and I was listening to something on Spotify, and I clicked on recently played, and there was a song that I never listened to. I swear to God, I, I've never listened to the song, and it said magic. I was like, what the fuck? And I mm-hmm. clicked it, and it was the number of my angel number that Whoa. I only I really know the reoccurring angel number in my life. And I was just like, How How?" like and then I talked to some friends like dude, like this is why I don't fuck with angels, they're so scary. Like they can modify things really quick. And like I was like, no, 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 I fuck with them. I was like, Good, modify shit. I need it, you know, like I'm not afraid of you. But um, they say the way to access angels is to Well, real quick, do you think that
3: was was that the manifestation of the angel there? Or was that just the the angel angel leaving its calling card? Calling
4: card, leaving its calling. It's it's showing me that, hey, I'm here now. I'm going to work with you. You evoked me. This worked. Hello. Wow. And so I have a theory in the book that's kind of controversial, but I really do believe this too. Sometimes I think that angels are just spirits that are taking on the 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 entity that we're calling on. And they're like the nearest entity. And so when like, you know, young girls who fuck with the satanic Bible, they're like calling on lower vibrational spirits, maybe killers, maybe, you know, really dark things and of darker energies. And they're, they're just attaching to the spirit world. Cause you know, I know spirits exist, you know? So that's my theory also is that maybe that we're, Using this kind of language of order out of chaos by saying, oh, I'm calling on, you know, like Raphael or something, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. a spirit near you can hear that and then they'll be your Raphael.
3: I mean that's not too far off. I think, Bryson, you check me if you think I'm I'm off here, but like it's not too far off. Some of the theories that we talk about, you know, like when Jacques Vallee talks about what aliens are, that there are these trickster spirits or trickster entities that can wear many different masks and interact with us, depending on how we call them up. I mean, I think a lot of the Ouija board stuff is, you know, you're like. Grandpa, are you there? And a nearby spirit might be like, yeah, I'll be Grandpa. And then you realize, I'm not dealing with Grandpa. I'm dealing with something wearing a Grandpa mask, you know? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure, for sure.
0: That's amazing.
1: Valet was was pretty clear. Angels are included in that that sort of dysmorphia from fairies to the, the standard alien gray motif to angels. They're all sort of part of the same... Uh, tentacled phenomenon. And you know, I would, I would render a guess to say that perhaps this, uh, tentacled phenomenon is using parts of our psyche to infuse itself. And like you were saying, Alex, maybe that, that this, whatever this sort of other sentience is outside of the human species. And I do believe there is one, an outside intelligence, um, that seems to sort of pervade this paranormal space in many guises. And, and perhaps I think it infuses, uh, with our psyches and our high state emotions, like the, like to use your example, a girl using a satanic uh, Bible, maybe this this sentient energy picks up on that energy and can manifest yep, yep. in different ways and yeah. and transmogrify and and basically it's really just picking up on what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's I think it, yeah. it, I, I just on this kick lately that it's always coming back to us. You know?
4: Yeah. No. Wow. That's that. I I completely. I completely agree with that. And I do something kind of controversial in the book where I say kind of create your own entities, like create your own mm. angels, like stop following angels from books yeah. and the qualities from books. Why don't you Why don't you make an angel and see what it does for you, what happens mm. to you? And I think that's just a part of, you know, using paranormal phenomena as clay to like shape it into something, you know, like how far yes. can we Hell take yes. all it's of like this? It's
3: like a tulpa.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean how much of old uh John D's angels are are magical practitioners still using? I love what you're saying. Get your own, make your own. It's all the same yeah. stuff.
4: Yeah, like Enochian angels, yeah. Like that's like Damien Eccles vibes, you know. Um yeah. that's definitely uh I mean I, I believe in I believe in the Enochian angel stuff. That shit's powerful. Oh, for sure,
1: for sure. I think I think what we were talking about is like um, maybe there's this idea that you know, new angels can be formed, and they—I I just love this idea of taking things out of the past and putting them into just into pop culture, present day. Like what you're doing right now uh, can can be magical. That's it. You know, yeah.
3: I also stand—I also stand by my theory that John D was very horny for Edward Kelly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh my God! I haven't read much about about that, their relationship. Are they oh, like an he, A lot of letters
3: where he's like, "I love you, I love you so much." And then Edward Kelly was like, "You want to swap wives?" And John D was like. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh my God. The ultimate yeah. romance. The angel. Pretty wild romance. stuff. Um Alex, you talk about this in the book. Can you unpack the difference between SOM and AOM magic? Oh, this yeah, really that resonated was, that was, with me. That was
4: fun for me. Um, yeah, I think like specific outcome mag I mean, specific outcome magic is more about like directing your uh, your will at a very specific result, um, which will probably Obstruct a lot of chaos in order for you to get there, unfortunately. Um, but uh specific outcome magic is about like something that you exactly want. You know, like I want that reaction from that person, or I want that exact job and I want this exact thing. Spe- um, abstract outcome magic AOM would be, you know, I, I want to be in a scenario of like the highest vibration where I'm making money and I'm happy. You know, you're just mm. a simple wish where you're not, Asking to reorder so many events. You're not being too much of a, a you know, witchy magician type where um, you want to be like a, my will, my power, you know, and uh, the universe really actually usually responds to those little light response, the light wishes in, in very fascinating ways. I've noticed. Have you guys noticed that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I have, although I have to say I was, I, I really understand everything that you're saying and I was surprised. And I thought this was like a really refreshing point of view because one of the things, especially when you like read about on, you know, when you get into like your Alistair Crowley's and stuff, you're like, I don't know, are these magicians just selfish narcissists? You know what I mean? Oh, just yeah, like, like
4: megalomaniacs.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, but I always was under the impression that the more specific the goal then the more likely the outcome would be because you're literally picturing such a specific thing that, it, that it's easier to manifest. But I hadn't considered like, oh, if I'm just trying to manifest the general vibe then whatever whatever is going to come with that will bring forth because that's
4: about trust that's about having that's about having certainty in the universe and that's really fucking hard right because magic is usually about manipulate manipulating nature first you know it's about oh i'm gonna get this it's all about will and strength and you know like you said like this i'm gonna get the exact path to get to my exact specific reward and outcome and the idea of trusting your guides or angels or the universe or believing in the good of the universe, which is hard for most people to do and be like, you know what? I trust you to bring me something that I need right now. And then there's really fun stuff. Have you guys heard of this weird app called Randonautica?
3: Mm. yes but i don't I just know recently too much heard about it. it
4: i just recently tried
3: it with a friend and um, i think marcy jarro may have talked about this from hide marcy if you're listening uh funny feeling host i who was it someone was telling me about this it's been maybe a year now but go on please
4: it's pretty fucking weird so like basically it's like this like quantum physics like metaphysical driven app where you're like you ask it a question and it will like bring like a scavenger hunt of like coordinates to follow it to like reach something that you like basically said to it so i Keith i tried it with Riley a friend is telling
2: was, us about this
4: yeah yeah so i tried it and i was like i just want something fucking stupid like uh, some show me somewhere pink you know bring me something pink so we get sent to this park and there's like three people wearing pink shirts and i'm like what <laughs> the fuck you know That's and i was like bigger, yeah yeah, it is trippy, and then there's a, all these like weird paranormal experiences of like Gen Z kids talking about their Rando experiences. I don't know how the app works. I don't know if it's a fluke. I have no idea. But I was just pretty shocked by that, and I was interested in the fact of, um, you know, even the collective, even that app being popular, kind of shocked me too. You know, it's like
3: Bryce. The sigil of this is an owl, so you know, oh, that's it's alien great. Based. <laughs> <It's an alien. laughs> I love it, man.
4: Techno magic,
1: man. It's cool. I'm down.
3: I will say to kick back a moment when you're talking about AOM, um, the abstract outcome magic, and asking us if you've ever found that's true, that did jog me to my memory to be like, you know, that makes me think when I was a young man starting out in the business and with that blind ambition, that blind positive ambition. Where you go, it's got to work for somebody. Why not me? I wasn't necessarily thinking about specific stuff. I just was thinking jobs are going to come, money's going to come. It's so going to work out. So
4: oh my God.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I found that when I look back, that period of my life feels like the most magical part of my life. And yeah. it's later when I've tried to like, control (laughs) control and go no i i you know so you're i'm kind of having an epiphany moment here you know what i mean when i'm like yeah that's mine is when i tend to I, i tend to get it you know not see results so i think you're right i think i need to get back in the abstract uh uh outcome magic state of mind where i'm just like it's all going to be good you know
4: yeah yeah for sure for sure and when you you know just ask for uh, opportunities to share or to give or or to create impact on someone you know through through your work you know and then having that being mirrored back to you and just kind of being in the flow of this multiple synchronicities leading up to things but i'm the exact same anytime i've been like i need that i want that nope i don't get it never
3: it's also hard too, if you're, if there is a specific thing, like let's just put it, you know, obviously the, 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 the obvious thing for us as actors are jobs and auditions, you know, yeah, we'll get yeah, an audition, yeah. we'll get a role and we'll go, Oh my God, I want this part so bad. Right. Yeah. So if you, that's the hard part coming back to the idea of letting it go and letting it work. If it is a specific thing where you're like trying to apply some sort of magical, uh, practice to, can I get this role it is very hard then to stop thinking about the role. I, oh, right? you know I, what I, I agree. Mean?
4: I agree. I agree with you. That's, that's where I get really confused too sometimes because, and also when you talked about like being young and having like an, uh, an unwavering will and identifying with being ambitious and all of this type of stuff. I find that also that kind of fucked me too, because I find that when you have too much over identification with the fact that you create things and you're the one who does it, you kind of, take the universe and like a higher entity or a higher source out of the picture. And then, mm. you know, you block out a lot of blessings that you could kind of receive from just being a channel and just being receptive to the universe and, and, and vibrating at a higher frequency rather than being like a control freak. And, you know, I, I even feel like as hyper I over identified with certain people in the universe and, and took on mm-hmm. their qualities from an unconscious point of view and, then I started to see my life mirroring the chaos in their lives. I'm like, oh, okay, you're not a good idol to have. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that that happens with idol, you know, people we idolize mentors, we look up to and as well as relationships that we get in and friendships that we're in. Sometimes oh, yeah. I am someone who will, I, I will find like, I would, you know, I learned Bryce. I wonder if you relate to this. It was like, you know, I always seem to thrive growing up. And especially like when I was like school age, hanging out with the older kids, the kids that were like a little bit older who'd accomplished a little bit more. I tended to thrive in that situation because I was sort of looking up to
4: yeah, yeah. their
3: accomplishments and setting my bar a little bit higher. You know what I yes, mean? Yes. Yes. And it's easy when you're in a rut to, like, forget, like, hey, maybe I'm not challenging myself a little bit or I'm not putting, I'm not surrounding myself with with an environment or people that are asking me to step it up a little bit, you know, or naturally make me step up a little bit. Sure. Um, I'm really happy you're
4: talking about this because, you know, it, it's magic is not about being airy fairy and like detached and just like, you know, you do want to have a little bit of that lack to awaken the desire. You know, you have to feel that that okay that person has something that i know that i can achieve the lack is a part of the equation it's mm-hmm. the the challenge is, is how can you be in that state of gratitude and trust and laughter about the process and, and instead of being so you know like scarcity filled in in the co- competitive state because competition is good because we we want to evolve we want to grow that's a part of magic but if we're living in that constant resonance of i don't have i don't have i don't have i have lack i have lack i've lack i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i need to be better you're, you're not really going to get to where you want to get you want to improve by also having this state of gratitude about where you are and being humble mm-hmm. it's really fucked and difficult <laughs> jesus yeah. magic is hard man, <laughs>
3: man. <laughs> i i would want to i kind of put this out to our listeners Something that I've been thinking about in the back of my mind this entire conversation. Bryce, let me know what you think, Alex. You too. How many times in your life has it been that when the good thing came, a good thing, doesn't have to be the good thing, but a job or a person, a relationship, yeah. how many times in your life did it seemingly come out of nowhere?
4: Yep. Every time. Every time. Yep. Yep. When you're I'm looking
3: back at some big moments in my life and I'm like, yeah, I was not expecting that to just walk through the door, you know?
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like there's that that, and that's just it. And, you know, that's where we kind of have to be, have that humility of being like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, Kabbalistically, people believe that some people believe that our soul is literally everything is already written and we're fulfilling it and just being pawns and we're just moving into our destiny every Mm. day and that everything is set up for us and aligned for us so those moments that are so jarring to us maybe a higher being maybe you know the someone knew that all of that type of stuff was going to unfold we didn't know that it was and 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 i mean this is where like psychics come in and they know that we're going to meet certain people or they tell us something and we're like fuck off that's not going to happen and then it happens 2 months later
1: you know i i think the universe loves to surprise us and i think i think there's only theory. so that's there's really only so much plotting and planning that, that that we could do because at the end of the day you know these 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 sort of moments that that end up defining our life they 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 sort of come out of nowhere but but you know are are we sort of our own we're making them some way. And and this is, this kind of goes back to, you know, uh, that sort of subconscious will, we often think what we know, what we want, you know, we often think, Oh, I know what I want. But have you ever, have you ever really looked at the first star in the night sky and done that little charm, you know, starlight, star bright, the first star I see tonight, I wish I Mm -hmm. wait, may I wish I might make the wish I wish tonight. And then you're like, what do I really want? And what always happens to me yeah, is I yeah, go, yeah. okay, Bryce. Here's the magic wish. You saw the first star. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and I balk, and I go, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I think I know. What I, and then, and, and if it's if, if I if I actually say it out loud, I, I I sort of hear this laugh from the universe, and they kind of go, That's what you think you want, you know. And there's so, and it's right every time. And I go, Yeah, you're right. That I, I think I want something more than that. But what I'm saying is, it's so hard oh, yeah. to know what we want that like, you know, so often the times we're we're laying out the track works in front of us and we don't even know
4: it. Yeah. And, and that, what you're describing is how, um, complex it is to, to find your true will. I mean, I've had a lot of young people write, write me about, about the book and like, you know, your book really scares me because it's like the idea that I can have what I want Right. really freaks me out because I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I would rather live in denial of knowing what I want because it's easier. Right. I'm like, oh my God, that's so painful. Like you, you should want to explore But a lot of people do that. They live through their lives, like anesthetizing their true desire and they really ha- came here to receive it.
1: Well, and think about that power of what it is that we really want. Think about the addict and how magical he can be getting his high. He will stop oh, yeah. at nothing and go through any obstacle and 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 anything. Oh yeah! To, Such a his strong mi- will. His his mind is fixed and it and it yeah. won't be broken until until the high is complete, and that's a magical practice. And so you know, <laughs> I, I, I just love this idea that hey. Stay focused. Don't waste your magical energy. Use it on your true will. Get what you want in life, you know? Yeah, Yeah,
3: yeah, sure. I would add to that, too. Look, tragedies happen, too. You know, shit comes out of nowhere that you didn't manifest. But maybe having some type of practice, whatever that may be, that keeps you in tune with a higher vibration will help you yeah Yeah. you gotta you gotta really really, as well yeah yeah you gotta
4: you gotta really use magic when it when those tragedies come up because you know we we can't control what happens to us but we can we have a will to choose how we respond to it and if we even in an animated comic book type way create a story in our head that you know this negative event is a part of a bigger positive uh powerful you know kind of like consciousness like something that's, that's something very beautiful and it's like threaded in in order you know and we view the order and we don't see it as chaos and we're like no i'm going i'm going to choose to see order about this negative tragedy that's that's a huge strength that you're creating inside of you to have that you know
3: yeah and very difficult to do too
4: it's very difficult to do especially when it comes you think i was yeah i mean i'm the worst at it really i mean covid i was so pissed at the
3: universe <laughs> <laughs> it's tough it's been a rough well, it's time It's working now yes yeah <laughs> alex what what um as a parting i don't know i don't want to say wisdom but if you had any advice for someone who's like okay shut up boys let me give this a shot like what sort of what advice would you give in someone who's like peering into this and looking into getting into some sort of magical practice?
4: Try to try to bypass your ego and your own stubbornness or or limitations around what you think magic is and just really do it, practice it, see, see how it goes, do something and, and you'll most likely see results, you know? And if you're afraid of it, you know, Try to embrace that fear and, and, and stay away from it. You know, like, like it's kind of complex, right? Because you don't want someone to be in a state of fear, but you, you want to bypass everything that you think, you know,
3: to do this stuff. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, I'd say check out pop magic (laughs) by Alex Kazemi, our wonderful guest, Alex. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, where can people find your book? Where can they find you on social media? Give, <laughs> give, give them all the directions you want.
4: Well, I don't have any social media accounts, but you can write me at fanmail at alexkazemi.com. I'm very 1999 like that. Right. love to hear people's letters. If you hear the show and it resonates with you, please write me. I would love love to hear about that. And um, if you pick up the book, I thank you so much and pass it along to a friend, keep it, make it a little secret.
3: Keep it. It'll be our secret just here in the Bigfoot yeah, Collectors yeah. Club. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We're going sure. to have ba- to have you back oh, on yeah, uh, yeah. in I'd the future for back. sure. We'll, I'm, we'll... I'm
1: laminating his club card as we okay, speak.
2: Great. great, yes, great. Yeah. Yes.
3: We got to get you back when Riley's around too. He'll be, we'll, we'll he's sorely missed in this conversation. Cause I know he would have had, a lot to add, so we'll get you. We'll back We'll see you next show. time. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Thank you, Alex.
4: Thank you so much, guys. Have a great one.
3: All right, that was a awesome conversation. There was so much to the book that we did not get to at all, but that's <laughs> that's fine. So that's, <laughs> that's how we, we do. Yeah, yeah we just let it flow, man. You got to read the book. Um, Hey, everyone, if you love the show, please follow, rate, and review BCC on your favorite podcast app. If you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we may read it on the air like this one. This
1: one comes from Stiggins. Cool show. The interviews are okay. I don't know who half the people are, but I really enjoy the deep dive into whatever the topic is for that episode. And I got to say, the dude from the Vroom commercials sounds just like my dude, Michael. Keep up the good work five stars wait you are the dude from the vroom commercials yeah i think he knows i think he's being cheeky
3: okay Okay, i mean the the title of the review is called vroom thanks stiggins um yeah first of all you know look if you don't know who half the people i love it he's like the interviews are okay That's half the show. We appreciate the five stars. <laughs> hey,
1: still gave us five. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, we appreciate it. We'll take it. But you know, Stiggins, we're introducing you to new people. This is we're making new friends. That's the whole whole point is to expose you to new folks. So uh uh hopefully you'll interview this one that we just had with Alex. That was a pretty great conversation, I thought. Oh man. Um, awesome not to pat ourselves on our, our 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 own backs but uh you can uh if you uh want to go beyond just leaving us five stars you can support the show with a $5 monthly pledge and unlock three bonus episodes every month when you join BCC the other side at patreon.com/bigfoot collectors club
1: yeah, and come join us over on uh, on our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club, and, and write to us with your personal paranormal stories at our Gmail account, at Bigfoot Collectors Club at Gmail, because we may include it on a future L Files installment.
3: Yeah, it's. he didn't actually say the email address, so we'll just make sure they hear it. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Get us? Didn't I say get, that? Didn't I, Bigfoot you, Collectors Club You broke Club it up, G- you... You called it a Gmail and then you said at Bigfoot Collectors Club. You did, oh, you did I was, really I was feeling it. really silky smooth there, Damn. Yeah, I mean, you sounded great, but it's oh. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. I was just, like, this is going really well. You know, I write the copy just right there for you, and you really love to mix and mix it up, and then you don't you can just read it as written.
1: Oh boy.
3: Uh, but we want, I want you guys to write in. We need some more L file stories. So get your personal paranormal stories and spooky stories of high strangeness uh we've got we've got an l files coming up so get us those where do they
1: send them michael
3: bigfoot collectors club at gmail.com and follow me on instagram at mcmills i'm on cameo as well if you know a club scout who would like a real special birthday wish from yours truly uh if you're bummed that this episode is ending and you want another podcast to listen to check out my other show slate your name Look, you don't have to be an actor or be in the business to appreciate the show. Uh, We're back with new episodes. It's really conversations between creative people and what makes them tick and what inspires them, what lets them down. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I would love if more of you guys gave it a shot. Check it out. See if you like it. Give us a follow as well over there. There you go. You can find
1: me on my socials at Bryce O. Johnson on Twitter and Mr. Bryce Johnson on Instagram. Uh, I'm doing cameos there. You can find it all in our link tree at our Instagram.
3: That's right. And he's not in this episode, but Riley is at Peace Drone on Instagram. He's also on Cameo. He'll write you a little song, play you a song, uh, hit him up. Okay. Club Scouts, this meeting is adjourned. We're heading over to the other side for this year's big Q&A episode. If we don't see you over there, we'll see you back here next Wednesday for an all-new episode of BCC. Until then, good night. And go get regressed.